Hello and welcome to Father Figures, a show about fatherhood, uncommon fathers, fathers of all stripes. I'm your host, Stephen Amaya, and here we explore the risks, the rewards, the joys, and the griefs of being a dad. There is a a small handful of occupations in the world that are romantic and hold magic for children. Cowboy comes to mind, as does astronaut. But it's been weeks since I've seen a cowboy around here. Astronauts, well, maybe on a clear evening you can be lucky enough to see the International Space Station go over from west to east. But there's one occupation that still howls with excitement in the imaginations of children, and that's the job of firefighter. Fire engines, ladder trucks, sirens, walkie-talkies, and flashing lights, shiny objects. Seeing and hearing all these things up close can be pretty darn exciting for grown-ups as well as kids. And then there's the firefighters themselves. Helmets, boots, big reflective jackets, axes and hoses. What kid doesn't want to play with a water hose? I knew going in to interview a firefighter there might be some stories. The first impulse is to get the inside scoop, red asphalt kind of stuff. Dark scenarios of destruction, that sort of thing. But this isn't a show about firefighters. This is a show about fatherhood. The risks, the griefs. And something else you get with fatherhood that we haven't featured yet on this show is family. Not only that, but when you interview a firefighter, you get two, two, two families in one. With a single drop of Retson. But we won't be hearing from the team of manly men who man the manly firehouse. And to be sure, it is a firehouse manned by men only. There are currently no female firefighters in the Astoria Fire Department, which I found surprising. Well, now we've wrangled one of those families, the biological one, the one a firefighter goes home to. I had mentioned to my interviewee some days before that I would like to interview his children as well, to get a glimpse of their father as others might see him as a heroic first responder. That was my first mistake. What do they say in showbiz? Kids and animals? I'm joking. I have to be, because uh, not only were these well-behaved children who will be good citizens, but also because sometimes, out of the mouth of the babes, We scheduled the interview for an early afternoon when Brett was working overtime at the station. I came around to the back where the lounge is, a ready room where first responders hang out waiting for their next call, and that's where I found my subject, Lieutenant Brett Bishop of the Astoria Fire Department. Leo Tolstoy, to drop a name, has a famous quote from Anna Karenina that goes, Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. This was never more true than when I met the Bishop family. I, as I looked around the firefighter's lounge, it soon became clear that I was going to be dealing with what I can only describe as a terribly, terribly happy family. Not only did I enjoy their company, I wanted to be in their family. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with happy? Uh, Bailey, the 13-year-old girl, is the eldest, followed by 8-year-old daughter Braylon. And bringing up the rear is Barrett, a boy age 6. Brett and his wife Joanna, the kids, and I sat down around the large firehouse table, passed around the microphone, and as always began at the beginning. 
I was born in Coos Bay, Oregon in 1983. Yeah. So what was your dad like? Did, was he a firefighter? My dad was not a firefighter. Uh, I'm first generation yeah. uh, firefighter in our family. And um, he uh, runs an asphalt and seal coating business. Uh-huh. And um, before that, he worked at uh, Marshfield High School. What kind of a dad was he? Um, he was a, a really good dad. He was very patient. Yeah. Um, and he taught me a lot of um, like hands-on skills. And uh, I try to uh, emulate uh, his patience uh, when I'm uh, working with my kids because it's, sometimes it's easier to do things uh, yourself, you know, uh, but to take that little bit of extra time and, uh, and teach these guys. Uh, my dad did that too. He, you know, um, taught me how to mow the lawn and uh, he taught me how to, you know, work on small engines and yeah. uh, use power tools. And How old were you when you left home? And what'd you do? Well, I left home uh, right out of high school. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, Mesa, Arizona, and um, my my initial uh, mission was to play baseball for Mesa Community College. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I went to the tryouts uh, and realized that uh, I didn't stack up to the rest of the first basemans uh, that I was competing against and uh, a lot of the guys that played for that community college um, you know came from Arizona State University which has a really good baseball team and uh, so I uh, I started to try to do fire science down there and did prerequisites for that and um, I did one semester there and um, when I came home for Christmas, um, I um, ended up getting an internship uh, in my hometown at North Bend Fire and Rescue. Okay, cool. So that's what got you into the service. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. When did you guys get married? We got married in two thousand nine. Yeah. Eight nine oh nine. I. I would you like to be included in this? Um. <laughs> it's up to you. It's a yes or no question. I don't. Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's, what's it like being the wife of a firefighter? It's, it's good. I enjoy being a wife of a firefighter. It is definitely not for everyone. There's a lot of, you have to be okay with being independent and which I don't mind that. Um, But yeah, you have to be flexible and know that you are gonna have, it may be a 24 or it may end up being a 96. You just never know. Have there been times when you're really worried that he might not come home at the right time? No, I've never, I've never, like, feared that he wouldn't come home off of a shift. Um, I guess, yeah, it it's, could be a reality. 
Um, but at the same time, I believe that, I don't know, I, I have a bigger God and I put my faith in that, in what his plan is. Yeah. My dad used to come off shift and I'd be so excited because my mom used to work at a candy shop. And so whenever my mom went and worked, I just got to spend a bunch of time with my dad. And so that's kind of when I realized that when my mom was on work, my dad was home. But then when my dad went to work, he went and fought fire. How often do you come down to the, uh, to the station? Um, whenever my dad works overtime or he's pulling multiple shifts. I see. Yeah. And you just come and hang? Is, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that common among firefighters? I would say that we try to make, you know, the firehouse uh, welcome to families. And, um, you know, that when you are pulling multiple shifts uh, for overtime, um, when you're, you know, extended uh, periods of time away from your family, it's nice to have them come in like today and just, you know, hug them, uh, talk to them, love them, and then uh, have a meal with them. And... Uh, and send them home. It kind of recharges the batteries a little bit. So when you come here and hang at the station, what do you do? Um, I usually have a meal. Yeah. Um, we usually just hang for a little bit. It's either there's like a show on, football, baseball, any sport that my dad likes, he just turns it on. Beep. Yeah. We're watching it. <clears throat> yeah. And usually ask, Dad, can we go on the ladders? It's usually a no, but it's okay. I really like to go to the fire museum here. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. How you doing? Good. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. You look good. You like hanging at the station? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, I usually watch football and eat cookies if they're out. And yeah. I usually eat lots of candy. I love just that just we have like a, a family that all gets along. And sometimes though siblings we fight, though we can figure it out and we're just one happy one one happy family and I feel like we're just one of those perfect families that can always figure things out and have a good time and are always curious and are just so adventurous. So that's what I like about my family. When you go out on a call, what scares you most? Mm. I would say calls that scare me the most are with uh, like pediatric calls, mm -hmm. um, medical emergencies that uh, involve uh, little kids, especially kids that are close in age to my kids. Mm -hmm. um, with uh, other calls, you know, it's not like they're uh, less important, but um, you can kind of compartmentalize, uh, you know, uh, any of the trauma that you see and rely on your training. Mm -hmm. And with um, pediatrics, um, it seems like uh, it's 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 more real because it's closer to home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you you intend to uh, make firefighting your career? 
Yes. Yes. It is my my passion. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. You were you were saying earlier when you um, you went to some event and there was all sorts of equipment that you really liked and you realized it was your it was your calling. Yeah. I uh, as soon as I started volunteering with uh, North Bend Fire Department. and I and I got my hands on uh, the hose and the equipment and uh, the training. Um, it it w- I just knew that that it was for me. Yeah. So, do you hang with other firefighters' wives? Um, it's well. Is, is there like a like a group? <laughs> well, in our area, there's. There's only how many wives? Just a few wives within our department. Oh, okay. um, but then, so we get together usually when it's fire related, just because we're. Stu- I'm super busy with chasing my children, <laughs> um, <laughs> so making extra time to get together is tough. Yeah. There are other. Um, there's other women I have met at conferences and stuff like that that I hang with and I stay in touch with um but I don't like go out with like Mm. other firewives and but then it comes down to just my busy lifestyle yeah yeah. so it's not that I don't care to and there are other women within our like county Uh but I just don't have necessarily all those connections yeah okay I don't want to answer for you, but you do have like, you do have like, you know, somewhat of a support group with like a group chat with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the the wise from um, the Florida conference. Yeah. Which is is kind of cool because it's a firefighter conference in Pensacola, Florida, and um, it's it's spouse friendly. Um, or you know, significant other friendly, mm-hmm. and uh, they encourage you to bring and you know, kind of make a vacation out of it. Um, and so while uh, you know, one part of the is giving the the fire uh, training, the other part can you know, kind of uh, network and mm-hmm. uh, build those relationships with people that are uh, experiencing the same, um, or you know, kind of in the same boat. Yeah. So, in case you're just joining us on KMUN, we're speaking with Lieutenant Brett Bishop of the Astoria Fire Department about what it's like to be a firefighter who's a dad. What you do here is is like it, you have a second family here. Mm. Oh yeah. And and can you compare and contrast the, with the families and, and what you talk about and what you share and what you don't share? Yeah. It is like a second family. I mean, we live, if you think about it, we live a third of our lives together. I work about, you know, out of the 30 days a month, I work about 10 of them. So uh, 10 is spent with um, Carlos, uh, the driver on our shift, and Nolan, the firefighter on our shift. So uh, we get close. We um, we build trust. We, uh, we you know, with... Uh, training and uh, calls and shared suffering and uh, you know uh, what we, kind of shared suffering do you mean well just uh, you know um, experiencing 
trauma together, um, uh, problem solving, um, you know, it, it might be uh, a call that's uh, really physically demanding or taxing uh, mentally. Um, so that when I refer to shared suffering, it's just, you know, we've gone through something um, together that draws us closer and, um, and, you know, bonds us together as a shift and allows us to trust each other more. Yeah, that's, now, are there exercises or uh, things that you do to build that, that are team building things or, or is it just you do it from the calls you go on and uh, all the time you're out there? Yeah, I would say uh, it's it's mainly like on the job, uh, you know, team building uh, for from like, medi- you know, medical emergencies or fires or uh, motor vehicle accidents. Um, as far as team building outside of the fire department, um, we'll get together um, outside of the fire department and, uh, you know, go to a restaurant and have a meal together or go bowling or um, uh, last time we tried to get together, um, I did, I, I tried to have the guys over for a, a game night yeah. and then I uh, had to cancel on them and they give me, <laughs> they give me some grief for that yeah, uh, and they keep, they keep saying like, man, I wish we really could have gone to that game night <laughs> over at your house, but and just recently, you know, um, stuff that we do to kind of bond together off-duty is uh, uh, we went and helped uh, Carlos recite his shed. And, yeah. uh, you know, he could have done it himself, but if we do it together, it kind of, you know, helps uh, build that, that team. Yeah. Now, I imagine there are calls you've had over the years that have been really difficult. Um, can you tell me about something like that? Um, yeah, well, one that sticks out for me um, was when Bailey was um, Bailey was younger, and um, she was still in a car seat. And um, we went on a call. It was really, really early in the morning. Um, and we went on a call for an infant um, that um, that wasn't um, breathing and um, wasn't uh, you know its heart wasn't beating. Um, we call that a, a code ninety nine. Okay. Um, and. Uh, Usually during a code 99 CPR is in progress. So when we got there, it, like I said, it was early in the morning. It was dark out and the, all the lights were flashing. And I was kind of, you know, in that state of awake and asleep. And um, I just remember seeing the baby in the, um, in the um, car seat. And it just looked like the baby was asleep, and I, and I was trying, or I was starting to get almost frustrated because we weren't doing anything for the baby. And uh, you know, in my mind, like when I hear over the, for the dispatch that it's a code 99, when we get there, I we immediately want to start you know, resuscitation efforts, 
and uh, focusing on their airway, their breathing, and their circulation. And it just when when I got there, um, we we weren't doing anything, and I I was kind of frustrated. And it re- I think that really stuck with me because uh, my daughter was you know um, in the same. Um, stage as that um, child at the time and what we found out later was um, that um, there was two parents um, the mom cared for the daughter and then the dad was kind of an alcoholic um, well the mom got uh, put in jail and so the the baby was left with um, the father who was an alcoholic and um, the way the call got um, relayed to dispatch was from um, a grandparent that knew the situation and that lived in Bend and uh, when she found out that mom got put in jail uh, she immediately uh, headed this way uh, to try to take care of the uh, the grandbaby and um, when she got here she found that the father the alcoholic father had rolled over on the infant and and smothered it um, so it was just it was really uh, difficult like I said for me to deal with because it was um, it was it was so close to home and um and i i went through all the emotions of like you know uh being angry at uh at the father um you know that put his child in that situation um and uh you know i know how um innocent and pure kids are especially at that that age um and I couldn't I couldn't imagine uh yeah yeah uh, that sticks with you yeah Yeah. and uh you know I think uh my wife realized you know like that after that call like um uh, the kids weren't allowed to like sleep in bed with us uh because I was you know personally like uh afraid of because I'm a heavy sleeper when I'm off duty uh you know uh and and i was afraid of you know rolling over on one of our kids you know there has to be kind of a wall between your work and your home life Mm. and you you know there are things you just don't discuss or things you couch differently or you know i mean that must be a difficult thing to navigate it is and we we have to navigate it um on a you know regular basis uh, we have to toe that line and uh there's a lot of things that i i separate i'll you know leave at work and um not take home but uh there is a um there is a dichotomy to that because Joanna likes to know what's going on at work right. uh, and and wants to feel plugged in and uh, you know wants to know um, maybe uh, something I'm dealing with you know uh, 
I don't want to come home and dump all, you know, my uh, problems and my issues on her because uh, she's already dealing with, uh, she has a lot on her plate with our kids and uh, she's a substitute teacher and, uh, you know, she's running the kids around to sports and, yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah. taking care of our house. And yeah. so it's, it's hard to, but but uh we find that a lot of the times um we'll go on long trips um and we will you know uh driving to portland or you know um have that time in the car and just uh you know have more time to um hands down car rides i don't know what it is we'll get in the car and i'll just say what's going on at the station and it's like months and months of station information <laughs> that I've missed. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and so it's love going on car rides. I can find out all kinds of information. How does your dad relax when he's not working? Um, he would usually watch the news and then he's not even watching it. Or sports, and he's just texting people. <laughs> um, usually, like when he comes back from work, um, I honestly sometimes don't know what he's doing, um, because I'm usually at school. But you, um, sometimes he just turns on some football and watches that, and I snuggle up with him, watch it on the couch with him, um. Then usually around the afternoon he goes to his, uh, or afternoon or like nighttime, he just goes to his room, turns on his iPad, and watches more. <laughs> <laughs> and then mom brings in some popcorn. <laughs> Daily girl. Daily. Oh. What does your dad do when he's relaxing at home? What does he do? Um, he usually takes a nap because he works a 24 hour shift. Right. And then we do things as a family so like we'll watch a movie together or we'll go on bike rides and stuff like that yeah i love just that just we have like a a family that all gets along and sometimes though siblings we fight though we can figure it out and we're just one happy one one happy family and I feel like we're just one of those perfect families that can always figure things out and have a good time and are always curious and are just so adventurous. So that's what I like about my family. How do you imagine your last day here being? If you know, when you retire, what what what's your last day going to be like? Oh, it in a perfect world, my last day at Astoria Fire would end with um, a job or uh, like a, a working fire. Um, I think that would be that would be really cool to end with a one last fire, one last hurrah. Who among us wouldn't want to go out at the top of our game? So this thing about all happy families being alike. Hey, it's old books for Leo Tolstoy, I reckon, but on its face, I find it hard to believe that all happy families are the same. 
Sometimes maybe you just have to differ with Mr. Tolstoy. Something serious, I guess, is that, yes, it's Brett's job as a firefighter and EMT to go out and do the firefighter thing. But one element is inescapable. He would risk his life for you, you personally, for any of us. And I find that incredibly remarkable. I want to thank Lieutenant Brett Bishop and his wife Joanna for being on the show, and especially Bailey Bishop, Braylon Bishop, and Barrett Bishop for all agreeing to be interviewed. I want to thank Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com for the music. And Flying Microphones, I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did around the table. <laughs> and please remember, if you are aware of any fathers out there who might have something to contribute to the show, please drop a line at radioranchero at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Stephen Amaya reminding you that the days may be long, but the years are short. Bye-bye.